We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. Hi, I'm Yui Shu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to another brand new episode. This is a repeat guest, but someone who we talk about constantly. (laughs) She changed my life. Not only does she change your life, but she's been on our mind for three years since the last time we spoke to her. And I couldn't believe it when I was looking at how long it had been since she'd been on the podcast. And I was like, wait, it feels like we just spoke to her yesterday because I think about her constantly. (laughs) Is that so weird? I also think about her constantly. She is my secret girl crush as well. But who are we talking about? (laughs) Nikki Novo. (laughs) Nikki Novo, we had her on the podcast back in 2020, season 11, episode 14, What's Holding You Back? So she's an intuitive, she's an author, she wrote a fabulous new book, and she did readings for us. So she did readings back in 2020. And for me, I was at a very pivotal point that I had just ended my relationship with my on again, off again boyfriend of five years. <laughs> we had done mm-hmm. that final in COVID. We're either doing this or we're not. All the same issues came back, and I realized that I wasn't doing this. And actually, okay, so another part of why Nikki Novo is so important in my life that I'm not even sure if I really fully shared is. Ooh. With my ex, one of the things that was really challenging with that relationship is that he was very hot and cold. Like it was like, I'm in love with you. I want to be with you. And then I need my space. I need time alone. And that was really hard for me. Like I did not do well with the Mm -hmm. inconsistency. And of course, he did that again. It was like we had this wonderful time together. And then it was I need the space. And I went to the park and I was so like upset about this because I'm like, here we go again. It's the same shit happening. And I Mm -hmm. read Nikki Novo's book, The Final Swipe, her first book, because we were prepping to have her on the podcast. And I remember reading the book and I was just like, I don't want this relationship anymore. And that was such a turning point for me. I think it was like that final turning point for me. Like I had been building that up for a while. And then like reading that, like reading whatever she wrote resonated with me so much. And I like came home and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. No, no. That was the final swipe. (laughs) It was the final swipe. It was done. It was done. Well, she has this way of just putting thoughts in such a clear framework. Yes. That it's not like it's new for you. It's not like those the first time you ever thought about this as being this being final but she just puts it in a way that you're like yeah of course like I don't want this if you put it that way I don't want this in my life and this is the final straw or the final swipe so I appreciate her clarity in the way she expresses herself and when she did my reading you know I was like just celebrating my two-year anniversary we were kind of fighting that whole weekend uh, on our anniversary trip about what is the future and she said listen no need to be so anxious you are going 
going to live a non-traditional life. Your path is non-traditional. So stop trying to fit into that traditional future that you see. And I was like, huh, done. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. That's really interesting because like I, okay, like in the moment, of course, when you were going through that and you had that reading, you were really trying to make it work with your ex. And I heard that as like, maybe you don't get married, but you have like a non-traditional life with him. But mm-hmm. now like looking at where it's going, that could just be a lot broader than with him. Yes, yes. And I think it was, you know, still apply to our relationship. We had a pretty non-traditional trajectory. But, you know, when this relationship ended, I was like, that doesn't need to be the path I go on, you know, and her words came back to me. And I was like, yes, I'm meant for a non-traditional life. (laughs) I know. And, you know, because when I did the reading, I just ended this relationship. And then I was really at a crossroads of, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. And she really gave me hope that this was my year, that the person was around the corner. You know, I did end up meeting my partner in that year from that reading. It was like my year around my birthday is what she predicted. But more than anything, it was the mindset shift it gave me. Yes. It was the fact that I had the confidence that it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when, not if. And I think that was like a big shift for me. Because in the past, like I definitely had that thought, like, what if it never happens for me? Or what if I never meet this person? And just changing that mentality going into every date and being like, okay, is it this person? And if it's not, then just being like, okay, it's gonna be the next person. And she did warn me too of, you know, you're gonna go through that like rocky time. And I definitely did. I was able to get through it because I didn't get discouraged. And it kind of goes back to that perseverance again. Like, I think that's so important of you just keep going because, okay, I don't think dating is a numbers game in the sense that like you need to be dating all these people at once. And, you know, you really have to be like churning through people in the sense of knowing what works for you. I do think getting clear is probably more time effective than going on date after date after date with no clarity and no intention. But I do think you have to be realistic that in today's world, the first person you swipe on is not gonna be your partner for life. Like, right. I probably went on like 500 dates before I met my partner. I think that's what we calculated when we did the episode with your friend. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. I roughed back of the napkin math. But you know, like I probably swiped on like 10,000 people when you think about it, like this didn't happen overnight. So you have to kind of go through it. But knowing that knowing that it's gonna happen, it made me approach dating a lot more positively. Yeah. And it does make you think too, because I think we should give that advice to you. It's like everybody who does come into your orbit serves a reason. Yeah. So if they're not the right person for you, you can still learn something from them and then move on from it because that's not your person. It's like not time wasted. And we're not just like sitting around waiting for that person to show up at our doorsteps. We still got to be out there learning from people, with people, before we meet the right person, which is the mindset I'm in now because, you know, as I again, foray back into dating. I've been a little gun shy with uh, online dating, but now I'm going on this. I'm taking myself on a romantic trip to Greece. Uh, Yes. And I'm going to be taking all the condoms with me because I feel like maybe, you know, dating abroad, strangers, no strings attached, may be the best way to get myself back into some sort of like romantic mindset. You know, I don't need to think about the future. No. I just think about the now have a great time that's where you are right now and like i think as long as your mindset is open and positive then you'll attract people into that orbit yeah for sure into my web (laughs) my sex web i'm just like picturing you on this cruise like you know like titanic (laughs) style just like in the front of there (laughs) trolling for dick just like (laughs) Who's single here? I actually had a different vision. I had it more like people coming to you just because you're putting out this aura, not oh, like Oh, thank you. Trolling. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was that. a much more no, I... highbrow persona. <laughs> I hope I don't need to harass anybody to sleep with me. That would be an ultimate <laughs> rock bottom. I did think about this. If I'm on a ship and I want to give off the single vibes... How do I do that? And it made me think. Wait, you're going on a ship by yourself. You're going to give off the single (laughs) vibes. You literally don't have to do anything. Just stand (laughs) on the ship. It's. 
Oh, fuck like, touche. People aren't going to be like, oh, maybe her boyfriend's in the room waiting for her. Like, they're just, like, if they consistently see you just around the ship, you just have yeah, to make like, eye contact. Yeah. Right. Give them right. the okay. triangle method. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck the triangle method. I truly thought about getting the pair ring because I was like, well, that's an indicator. And if, like, if at least one other person's wearing the ring on the ship, then we both know we're single. But then I don't want to be stuck on a ship with some weirdo wearing the ring and right. I have to talk to this dude every time because we're both wearing the ring. Because now your excuse is my partner is in the room if you don't want to talk to them. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I can't be like, oh, I was just, I didn't know what this ring was. <laughs> I can't play stupid. Okay, for our listeners, you were supposed to go to Greece with your partner, but you're yes. taking it now into your own control and doing the solo trip. You're doing the yes. ultimate master date. Fuck yes. It was supposed to be our five-year anniversary trip and uh, I was very much looking forward. I've never been to Greece. And when we broke up, I was like, why don't I just take myself? <laughs> Didn't lose anything there. So it's going to be super romantic. I'm doing all the major islands and then I'm staying in Athens for an extra week, hang out, get to know the city, also visit some friends who happen to be there as well. So it's going to be wonderful. And I, I think my condoms will come in handy. Let's just say that. That's my predict. If we're talking about predicting the future, oh you know, gosh. using our intuition, I will be using at least one condom. I love it. You know, there's something super empowering of going on the trip that you were supposed to go on because with my ex that I mentioned earlier, we were always supposed to go to Calistoga. It was not Greece, but Mm -hmm. it was the hot springs of Calistoga. We just talked Mm -hmm. about it. We never did it. And I remember after we broke up, that was like the first thing I did. I'm like, I'm just going because I'm like, I want to go. You know, like, you don't need this person. Like, you can go on this trip. So I'm really glad that you're doing it and you're not letting him have you miss this experience. Oh, hell no. Yeah, I'm not missing out. No way. Well, I love that you're predicting that you will be using (laughs) condoms. I think in this episode, we're super excited about this topic because we wanted to do a topic around like intuition and dating. You hear that all the time, right? Like my intuition Mm -hmm. set in or I can feel it in my heart or my gut. Like we always hear this with dating or I ignored my intuition. Hear that a lot in dating. And I actually feel like I have been misusing this word a lot after this conversation, and I learned Mm. so much from talking to Nikki. So she's just a joy to have in general, but also this episode is super interesting. And, you know, if you're like on the level of spirituality, like I would say, you know, I'm probably... In the middle, maybe. I'm not like super Mm -hmm. woo-woo, but I'm not like nothing either. And I think there's something for everyone here. And I actually think also another, I'll give Nikki this credit too, on my first reading, I remember her saying like my chakras were like very stiff, like I couldn't open them up. And I feel like I was dating with my head for so long and not my, like the feelings that I got from someone. I was like okay, do they have the right pedigree and the checklist? Or I feel really attracted to them and really good when I'm with them, but I'm ignoring all these other feelings when I haven't heard from them for a week. And her saying that to me and just like how I needed to get more into my body was so helpful for me in dating. So I will give her credit. Nikki Novo, along with this podcast, has changed my romantic life. For sure. <laughs> we owe so much to Nikki Novo, and that's why you should pick up her book. You'll hear all about it in this episode. Okay, well, we could talk for days about it, but we might as well get into the good stuff. Uh, so before we do, announcements at Dateable Podcast. That's us on Instagram. Definitely go there. We'll have some great video clips from this episode. Also on YouTube, we have the clips there too. So definitely make sure to check us out on both platforms and leave us a rating and review. If you're really digging the content of this episode, it helps us get really great guests like Nikki to come and share their knowledge with you all. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, five stars, please. And if you want to leave us a little love note on Apple Podcasts, unfortunately, you can't do it on Spotify, but on Apple Podcasts, leave us that note or or if you have a yeah. brunch talk question, we love getting those there too. Plus, we prioritize them. A little secret. <laughs> well, before we get into it, let's hear a message.
message from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATABLE at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Okay, let's hear it from Nikki Novo. Nikki Novo. I feel like we have not spoken in three years, but we speak about you often. Yes, we do. So it's very (laughs) nice to have you back on the show. For all of our listeners, this is such a treat for you all, too. Nikki is a Cuban-American bestselling author and spiritual thought leader dedicated to empowering people to connect with their intuition so they can cultivate self-trust and bravery. She is 41 years old, originally from Miami, Florida, currently lives in Canton, North Carolina for around two years. She's in the mountains, she says, and she is married. She has been featured in Oprah Daily, Telemundo, and Well and Good, and recently wrote the book Soul Led Living, Discover Your Soul's True Path and Become Brave Enough to Follow It beautiful book. And we often talk about follow your intuition in dating, but it's very tough to tap into that intuition if we don't see it as a skill set. What is your definition of intuition? Oh, I love this question. So intuition to me is the voice of our soul. So like if we think about I was actually explaining this to my teenager the other day and she was like, mom, please like stop. But like, you know, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we are like mind, body, spirit. So we kind of have to remember that we are a spirit, a soul living inside a body and we have this mind that kind of like serves as our engine. But our soul is much older, much wiser than this human version of ourselves. And our soul like just knows stuff. So the soul often wants to come online and say some things to us. You know, like it wants to connect. It has a bit of a plan. Often people kind of explain that as following my heart might be a way that you might explain it. You might also say Mm -hmm. that I felt it in my gut. Mm -hmm. So your intuition's already working. I wouldn't know to call it intuition until obviously I got into my work. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you guys are saying like, I don't know, I just felt that person's vibe or you can tell like his energy was off or Mm -hmm. it just didn't feel good when I went in, those are the different ways that our intuition is trying to communicate to us. And it really is a voice of something that's coming from a higher perspective than we have as humans. So why do you think intuition is so pivotal with dating and relationships? 
Oh man. So you might have like really good intuition in some departments and then not have it in other departments. I mean, I've met people that for instance are really good at like investing, like some of my mm-hmm. guy clients that are like in wealth management or whatever, like in many ways are using their intuition. Like they mm-hmm. they can see talent and they're like making choices that way. And then you like put them into dating and for some reason that all goes away. And you're like, how does that happen? <laughs> so, uh, you know, like you're so badass in all these areas, but sometimes like there's these moments, right? Like where you like find yourself in your relationship. I'm like, Julie, you know the answers to all of this, right? Like you got this, but no, we tend to have like little blind spots. So it's always nice to have somebody who can help us reflect. Mm-hmm. Once we are dating specifically, you're in an area and there's probably like the same type of guy. Like in Miami, we have like five different types of guys basically. And you can label <laughs> all of them, right? When you're dating, you just keep dating like the same ones over and over again. And for me, I know that at some point you end up having these like, biases towards these types because you see them over and over again. You're like, oh, that guy, the guy that drives the truck, the guy that drives the Audi, the guy that works with his hands, right? Like you start to have these biases based off these like archetypes of these people. I had that for sure with my husband. Like when I met him, he had a truck, (laughs) he like worked with his hands. And I was like, what, what is this? You know, I was looking for an artist. I was looking for somebody who drove an Audi. I don't know where you find an artist who also (laughs) drives an Audi, but apparently that's like what I was looking for. So if I'm like really caught up with these archetypes or these caricatures of these types of people, I will actually hand off all my power to that archetype or that caricature. I'd be like, I'll forget mm. about what I know and what I don't know because I'm going to assume, mm. oh, well, a guy who drives a truck is this, 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 and this. And that's like really yep. dangerous because a guy who drives a truck is not the same as like guy number two, guy number three, who also drives a truck. They might all look the same on the outside, but our intuition is meant to help us understand understand the person on the inside. And if we're really thinking of ourselves as souls, we have to remember that everybody is like playing a role. You know, they come on stage and, Mm -hmm. you know, they got a like a little gimmick going on, but there is something inside that is different than the outside. And I'm sure many of you have seen that. That's when you date the guy with potential. You're like, no, but I swear like he has. And it's like, yeah, because you're actually like, yeah, yeah, you're like tapping into the person's energy in many ways and into the soul. Actually, in my readings, one thing I like to do with couples you guys can do this yourselves as well. Like, don't think that this is beyond you. So I go into my meditation. So basically I'm closing my eyes and let's say I'm going to pull forward Julie and her boyfriend and I'm going to just kind of visualize the two of them. I don't know what her boyfriend looks like, but it doesn't really matter. I'm just kind of getting like a body. And then I want to lift their soul out of their body. And I actually want to talk mm-hmm. to them at a soul level. Mm-hmm. The soul level, Julie, is very different than who she is here and her boyfriend as well. So we're playing these roles and we get stuck in roles too, right? Like how many times are you in the same role with your mom and the same role with your yeah. you know, partner? So at a soul level, there is none of that because there's no identity with the body. So it's really fun. Like if you're ever wondering, like this is great to do with like your animal too. Like what is my dog? Like what's mm. going on? Why does my dog keep doing this thing? Believe it or not, you can be like, okay, soul of the doggy, talk to me and you'll get different information than actually like what the human version of the person is. When we're talking soul to soul, we're talking like intuition to intuition. We're getting outside of like what the person looks like or what the person has or, you know, what kind of expectations we think of this person. And we can get better information for ourselves on a soul level. And I'm sure many of you have made decisions by following your soul and by following your intuition. You might have just like ended up in a certain city or a certain country because you just felt like you were being called there. So that's like your soul kind of dragging you there. Yeah. And the way that you hear the message is your intuition. So it's like the phone call you get. Mm. And on the other side of the phone is your soul. I'm so doing that with my dog today. I'm going to lift his soul <laughs> I knew out of you his were going to. body. I was going to say the same thing. And have a conversation <laughs> with him. But sometimes I feel like for me, I explain away mm-hmm. my intuition by overthinking. Yes. And how do you strike that balance of listening to your intuition or listening to something that's just like not relevant at all? I think you're definitely beyond that. I'm very proud of you. Like I can see it in your energy and also like the little sign in the back says heart. So I know like you've been like going deeper and accessing (laughs) that. So that might be an old you, but no, I get that. So how do we tell the difference between our intuition and maybe our anxiety, our ego, our mind, our overthinking? That's such an important question. And that is actually how we get good at intuition. Getting good at intuition means we're getting better at understanding our own intuition because my intuition is going to be very different than yours. So one 
one thing we can think of is first is there's different ways that we receive intuition. So the most common is feeling. So a lot of us are feelers or maybe we call ourselves empaths. You walk into a room and you can like feel the vibe. Yeah. Some of us are hearers. So basically like if you've ever been like, oh man, I feel like I just heard the voice of God <laughs> or I just got this message and it feels like it's almost like coming through your ears. Yeah. People tend to think that when you get a message and you're a hearer, like somebody who hears, they think that it's going to sound like Mufasa from The Lion King, but it usually just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, it's more of a feeling. I kind of explain it as like less of a sound and more almost like a typewriter of words, like kind of coming through your ears and you're yeah. getting something like you're like, oh, I'm getting something like I hear something. I'm very big on that. That's one of my stronger senses. Another sense is knower. So like those of us who know, which is basically it just like drops into our head. Those of us who feel bad about us being judgmental. So like if you're the girl that you're like, no, I just know. I just know that kind of person. You might be a knower because usually the information comes to you and you don't know how it got there. So it's a little different than hearing because mm. it kind of just like drops. It's like a download. One minute it's not there and the next minute it is. You know something without knowing something. So that's a knower. And then seers, which are probably like the ones that a lot of people want to be, which is this also the one that people are afraid of, which is like, I am seeing premonitions, I had a flash of something, or I was in this conversation, and I just got this flash of blah, blah, blah. Like that's your ability to see. So mm. it's not that you're going to see a ghost in physical form, but in your third eye, you're seeing something. So similar to if I told you hey, remember that tree that you grew up dancing around in your backyard? That part of you that like kind of can imagine the tree, that is the same way that we like see psychically. So mm. first it's like kind of understanding the way that we get our intuition and then leaning into it. So, you know, if you are getting it through dreams, like, okay, like lean into that, like really start to study your dreams because you're probably a seer, you're seeing stuff. If you tend to feel it's not to take it at face value because sometimes when our intuition is not developed, it's like kind of immature in a sense. So you do want to develop it. So, but you know, if you keep going to the office and you have this weird feeling about somebody, go home and get a journal and just start writing, like to start to see what that feeling is about. Like, where's this feeling come from? And just being very curious. And that's actually how you lean into your skill and develop it. So the reason that we kind of get mixed up with like intuition and let's say anxiety, sometimes is often going to be because it's like a little underdeveloped. So that's like, if you're curious, mm -hmm. definitely develop your intuition, see when it's been right, when it's been wrong. But then second, on a, just a basic level, anxiety, overthinking is going to have a different vibration than your actual intuition. Like fear, anxiety, all that stuff. I always feel like it is a little bit faster and it's kind of like a girlfriend like hyped up on too much coffee or like when you accidentally took that molly yes. at you know you're just chatting all the way <laughs> accidentally you're just like chatting you're caffeinated all that kind of stuff that is usually not your intuition your intuition is even when it's trying to tell you something positive or even when it's trying to tell you something negative to look out for it's a little bit more chill it's a little bit more calm it uses less words because remember it is more divine so the divine parts of us we don't need a lot of over explanation overthinking because like in the spiritual space things are a lot less complicated than we make it so actually less words is more of a sign that is in your intuition so kind of to feel into that and to learn what it feels like, because it feels like a vibration to me, like that's the best way I can explain it. And then in addition to that, it's not to say like, oh, I'm not going to listen to that anxiety voice or that like ego voice. It's not to like, just be like, well, I'll just put that away and think positive thoughts. Those are definitely messages that are trying to come through, but they are lower vibrational messages. So think about like your nephew who's three years old, trying to explain to you some concepts about the world. And then think about your friend who's 35, who's going to explain the same thing. So anxiety is kind of like the three-year-old that has like a limited information about the message that's trying to come through. And then there's like the older guy that like understands the concept a little bit better. And that's more of your intuition. So I would say if you feel like you're getting this scary, anxious, like I'm not going to be able to pay rent. I'm not going to be able to pay rent. Like don't not listen to it, but don't listen to it at face value. So sit down, mm -hmm. get your journal, 
you know, I keep feeling this thing of I'm not going to pay rent. Like, what is the root of this? Like, what message are you really trying to tell me? On a scale to zero to 10, that anxiety is a message, but it's vibrating, let's say, at a one or a two. And the true intuition is vibrating at a 10. And perhaps like that anxiety, when it's at a one, it's telling you, I'm not going to pay my rent. But when it's at a 10, it's saying like, I really love where I'm living. This job's not really working for me anymore. I think I'm going to burn out because I don't love it. And I really need to like be honest about what I really love. Mm. So kind of the same message because yeah, if you keep doing something you don't love and you do burn out, you're not going to pay your rent. But there's wisdom in there and there's a calmness and there's a compassion. Mm. And that really is more of what our intuition feels like and sounds like and what it's trying to do. And the anxiety is just like almost a lack of understanding the maturity of that message. That's so fascinating. I love the different ways that you can tap into your intuition because, you know, there's probably one that stuck out to everyone. I know for me, the knower was that there's been times in my life that I've just Mm. known. I have the same problem or had it. I think I've let go a lot of it. But you said earlier, like with me, like I think my issue actually was that I had the intuition. I just didn't follow it. I wasn't brave enough to follow it. And I think especially in dating, there was a situation I remember a long, long time ago where I just knew this wasn't the right person for me. But they were kind of like, you know, making the calls and trying to like push it. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should give it a try. Like we always try to justify things a lot. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about like being afraid of the rent and not being able to pay the rent. It's always the short term. It might not be the right person for you, but it's someone. So I should make it work. How do you like differentiate the two of giving people a chance and not like just throwing it out because some voice in your head said, this isn't for you (laughs) versus listening to that voice and maybe trusting that it actually knows what's best for you. Totally. That's such a great question because I know in dating at some point when we've been dating a long time, we are looking for speed. You know, you're like, I want to be able to determine by the first conversation if this guy is for me or not. And that's what a lot of people come to me for to develop their intuition. They're like, can I tell by like looking at his Bumble profile, you know, (laughs) you know, like how can we get to that point? And I think, and listen, I studied intuition for the same reasons. I actually started studying my intuition because I was dumped by a guy who I thought I was going to marry. And I really felt like my heart, soul brought me to that person. And out of nowhere, he broke up with me and I was completely damaged by that. Not so much because the guy left me, but because I lost my sense of Mm self-trust. And that is also why intuition is so important because it really is our compass. And if we like lose it in something like that, like a shock, a trauma, you know, which was a a trauma for me, or also being in a relationship where you're getting gaslit, like where it's like a lot of gaslighting and you keep being told like, oh, you're crazy. Like you're making that up, especially for the knowers. (laughs) Right. Because knowers know. And actually this boyfriend specifically, he used to tell me, you know, you act like you know everybody and you know things and I'm like, but I do know things, you know? <laughs> That's and how I feel. Like that. Like, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, but I really do know. And then lo and behold, like had no idea that I was like this crazy intuitive person. So I would say that to kind of look back at maybe where you lost your intuition, get excited about reclaiming it because it's actually reclaiming the power. And if we go deeper into like the patriarchy, like a woman is more powerful than a man because of her intuition. Not to say that guys don't have intuition because they do. That is one of our biggest gifts. And to conquer a woman is to conquer her intuition. And it doesn't have to be a man that conquers you with your intuition. It could be another woman too. You know, your mom is a narcissist and has been whatever, telling you the wrong thing since you were a kid. But it is like your birthright and your gift to have access to your intuition. So if you lost it from something like either a long drip trauma or a shocking trauma to really like reclaim it because like you will find yourself again. So that's my little PSA on that. (laughs) But then going back to your question, Julie, so like how do we know if we are just looking for that speed of like, I just want to know, like, yes or no, yes or no. And I have had many clients where people tell me like, well, you know, I just know. And I'm like, but do you really, Mm. you know, like not to judge your intuition by any means, but remember that the heart center, which is actually where the intuition comes from. And it's also how we are going to be able to spot our soulmate when we're dating. Like we're really trying to use a heart center, not the mind, not the whatever. The heart center after a while of dating will get confused with thinking that love is about protection. So when you start to think about loving yourself, you may accidentally overprotect yourself. You're trying to be a good mother to yourself and you turn into a helicopter mom by accident. 
Right. When we start going on those first dates and wanting to know a yes or no is actually we are prioritizing protection of the heart rather than love. So oh. you guys heard that? You got that? Okay. So we <laughs> want to be like mindful. Are we prioritizing love or are we prioritizing protection? And many of us are prioritizing protection and I don't judge you for that. I protected myself many times. Yep. But if you are looking for deep love, see if you can just open it a little bit more and see if you can start deprioritizing protection a little bit. We do need to feel safe, of course, through this process, but maybe there's other things that you can keep yourself safe with. So for example, and I know a lot of times we overprotect because we don't trust ourselves because I keep picking the wrong guy. So now I have to give myself some crazy rule that if right. any guy that wears a red shirt, I'm not going to date him because I can't trust myself. So I'm giving myself these like crazy superstitious rules or like these crazy red flag things that I'm looking for that are actually more intellectual than they are come from, from the heart. So again, going back to the idea of the guy with the truck, let's say we don't date guys with trucks. Let's say we're looking for the guys with the Audi. <laughs> Is that true? Or can we like learn to like feel into like this kind of guy with the truck? But what I would say, if you are trying to protect yourself and you are that person that wants to know on date one, you know, yes or no, what's really good going to protect you and what's really going to keep you safe and guide you to your soulmate is going to be the energy of curiosity. So you want to go and mm. intuition is the energy of curiosity. I think we like to think that intuition is about knowing yes or no. But the more that I do readings, I've done over 700 readings, the more I realize how much mystery there is and how much we don't know. So to think that your intuition is going to give you a yes or a no is an immature understanding of what intuition is. Intuition is more of a pulling and a guiding you into a direction. So going back to the first state, what you're going to feel into is, am I curious? Mm -hmm. Am I feeling drawn or pulled? And when I feel drawn or pulled, I am not going to fill in the blanks. So for example, when that guy that I told you that you know broke up with me and I was devastated, the reason I was devastated was not because my intuition was wrong, but because I filled in the blanks. So I felt drawn to this person. My intuition was saying, go forth, Nikki, date this man. There is something there for you. Mm -hmm. And instead, what I heard was, go forth, Nikki, date this man. There is something there for you because you are going to marry him. I filled in the blank. Oh, right. And that is like where I got it wrong because I wanted to know a definite yes or no. I did not want to follow that path unless there was a guaranteed. That's just such a good distinction that I think like really needs the call out because I think when we hear follow your intuition, the gut feeling, the heart knows, it is this extreme. And it's also easier to look back in retrospect if something doesn't work out and it's like, oh, I knew all along. But it's really just a cause for a pause. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm getting from what you're saying is if you're feeling something, ask more and not just assume yes or no, and that's it. Love that. Definitely, it is a cause for a pause. And it's also, it's really just like, I am going to follow this until I feel that I'm not meant to follow it. Like, I'm not going to mm -hmm. judge like a yes or a no. I'm just going to be called to this. So for you, rather than saying like, I'm looking for a yes or a no on the first date, I want you to look for a yes or a no on the curiosity. And I know that we don't want to do that because we don't want to be curious and date a guy for three dates because we're curious and then we're wasting our time. So I understand like the need for the time, but sometimes moving so quickly and looking for that speed is actually what makes this process longer for us. So like, wouldn't it be better to like maybe follow your curiosity with three guys, land on guy number four, rather than saying no to seven guys. Right. And mm -hmm. the other thing that we don't want to prioritize speed in dating, we want to actually prioritize our energy levels. It's not about like moving through it quickly. It's actually about being like, do I still feel hopeful? Mm -hmm. Do I still feel like mm -hmm. positive about this? Do I still believe that this is going to work and happen for me? Like that's the priority. And, and that's where we like lose ourselves in dating because we can get jaded, all that kind of stuff. So prioritizing speed is not really covering the protection that you're looking for. The way you want to protect yourself is I don't want to put myself in situations that are going to kill my spirit. 
So I'm looking at this app. I know this guy because he's like a friend of a friend. And I just get this feeling it's like not going to work, but I'm going to do it anyways because I'm bored or whatever. And believe it or not, like (laughs) something like that is going to hurt your spirit. And you are this little child that is meant to remain hopeful and bright so that it can really connect to its soulmate. So like that's how we want to protect ourselves, not necessarily like these weird rules about speed or red flags or anything like that. It is like, Mm -hmm. what is giving me the most light and hope and what will take that away from me? And that is how we protect ourselves. That's such a good reframe. This is so important to hear, Yeah. right? Because for many of us, we think intuition is about filling in the blank. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why so many of us dismiss our intuition because we've been so wrong in the past because filling in the blank was not what intuition was supposed to do. So we stop listening to it. We listen to it less. But what I'm hearing you say is intuition doesn't open a door for you and show you what's behind that door. Intuition is like the hand that's reaching out to you, like, follow me. Let's crack (laughs) open this door and see what's behind it. And it's that leading into a path versus showing you what the path is. It's a very important distinction. You did also mention that women are more intuitive. Is that a is that a more biological reason? Because I hear that all the time. My female friends are so good at just looking at a certain, like my friend the other day was like, my husband looked at me a certain way and I knew that there was something wrong. What? How did you know that? But we don't hear the same thing from men. What is the real distinction there? I wish I like had the science data, but I do believe it is specifically for women I think it comes from having children. Like genetically, I think like we've been having children obviously forever since the beginning of time. And I think that it is like an evolutional skill for people that take care of the small children because small children are not vocal for so long. So it's like you have to be able to use another sense. And because we've been the main caretakers for so many generations, we have developed that sense bigger. Not to say that men don't have it. My father is a pediatrician, neonatologist. And people would go to him and they didn't know why they were going to him because he's quiet. He actually doesn't talk a lot or whatever, but he's highly intuitive. Like he could see a child and like knew exactly what was wrong with them. So, you know, we definitely see men with a lot of intuition, but definitely women, I think it's like because of the role that we've had. Also, if you think about masculine energy versus feminine energy, masculine is very linear and feminine energy is more about like web-like. And it's this idea that women tend to be a little bit more comfortable with the unknown because of the whole having babies things, you do nine months of kind of trusting and you're going through these like seasons. I think also having a cycle, you know, having our period makes us cycle that way and see like life form differently. So we have more access to these like other senses, basically. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. (laughs) Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? (laughs) And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I've totally been there before, like your friend UA, of just like knowing something's off. But then what is the line between feeling that versus it becoming now a self-fulfilling prophecy? Like she's now like to her husband, I know something's wrong. What is it? And then, you know what I mean? Like what is (laughs) the line here? Because we see this with dating all the time too. It's like someone didn't text back for two hours. We can get in our head like, I know this is over. It's done. And then they were in a meeting. Like how do you separate the two out a bit? Yeah. 
like we're self-sabotaging, right? Like, was this my soulmate and did I manipulate it the wrong way? Like, did I end up because I thought he was <laughs> cheating or whatever? Like, did I make that happen? And you get into all that horrible place that we don't want to get into. So what I would say is unless you are like super in tune, you know, with your intuition, which all of us can get there. But in the beginning, when you start to feel those things like, oh, I, I can see my husband, he's texting or whatever. I feel like something's off. And not to say that like she may be very correct that there is something off, but you can definitely give the person the benefit of the doubt, or you can start calling in the universe at that time. You can call in God or, you know, whatever it is that you work with and be like, okay, I don't want to assume that my husband is cheating on me or whatever, that this guy's not going to text me back. I actually want to be proven wrong. So the first thing is like to have the humility to know that I do not need to be right. Because sometimes we Mm, do that self-fulfilling thing because our priority is to be right in a sense. Right. It's even better Mm. than like them texting back. Yeah. Yeah. It's so horrible that we do that. And to be right, it means to be powerful and to have the upper hand and like to not be fooled and all that kind of stuff. Also ways that we like look for power in this process. We feel very disempowered when we're dating because it feels like we have no control. So we're looking for power wherever we can. And sometimes that means like proving that this guy's not going to text me back. So when you see that happening, you may be correct. I'm not saying that you're not, but just to kind of cover your bases, you can start off and say, I'm feeling this right now. Like I'm a little concerned and I'm just getting this vibe that he's going to ghost me. He's not going to get back to me. I'm willing to be wrong. In many ways, I actually want to be wrong. Mm. I want to be honest about the fact that I want to be wrong. And I am open to being wrong. So I set this free. Eventually, I'm going to know the answer. Eventually, three days are going to pass and the guys are running back to me. Or three hours are going to pass and the guy writes back to me. I'm going to get my answer. I do not need to know my answer right now. Right. And that is like where we like release the ego. You don't need to know right now. That is when we manipulate intuition. It's like, I need to know it and I need to know it when. And instead you release that. And at some point you're going to be like, okay, yeah, cool. That was my intuition. Like kudos for me for getting right. And I'm so proud of myself for releasing it also. That's so huge. Very powerful to think about because we do want that control, even over our intuition. Yeah. But our intuition is there to guide us, not to tell us. This is just so powerful for me to hear because I'm like looking at previous examples in my life of how I misused intuition in a way that created more anxiety and fear inside of me when I could have just followed that path of curiosity that you're talking about. And what about this idea of we wanted to stop hearing the intuition because it's not something we want to follow? Like, I feel like sometimes we feel a certain resistance to our intuition. What do you do when you're at that point in time? In my book, I tell an older story because I'm 41 at this point, but I tell this story from my 20s where I was engaged very young. I was engaged to my high school sweetheart and I'm Cuban and that's what you're supposed to do. Just marry a good Cuban man. (laughs) And I was with this guy for like eight years. And for a long time, I just knew it wasn't right for me, but I was like too young almost in a sense to say that. And in that book, I tell this story about a month before our wedding, I went to New York City to visit a girlfriend and I'm out there in Rockefeller Center, like looking at everybody skating on the, the rink there. And I hear the voice of Mufasa. Um, I have this here and I I, <laughs> I have this moment. And it was funny because it was so loud there. I think also people think that intuition only comes like in moments of silence and people that try to meditate, they get like frustrated because like nothing's coming through. Mm-hmm. But intuition comes in a moment of presence, which is different than silence. So I was having a present moment. I was just present. I was there. I was watching and the voice came and I was so afraid of that voice because I had kept myself busy so that I wouldn't hear that voice. Mm. So I was like super, super busy so that that voice couldn't sneak in because the more busy we keep ourselves, the less present we are. So it just like snuck in and it completed its sentence because it had been trying to come through. But I, like you were saying, was pushing it away. I did not want to hear it because I knew it was going to blow up my life. And what was trying to come through was the voice to me said, you are made for big things. Like you are made for something bigger because I was getting married very young. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Probably two years later, I would have kids and it would really change the trajectory of my life. Right. That was your life. Yeah. And I had made sure that I didn't have space to hear that. So space came when I least expected it. It completed its sentence and I could not 
not listen to it because it really came with so much authority and it shifted me in that moment. So I broke off the wedding, like changed my life basically. And it was like my first spiritual awakening. You know, we've talked about control a lot and really we are afraid because we are trying to control our lives according to what we think is right. We're trying to follow this blueprint. I was trying to follow this blueprint, like graduate from college, get a job, get married, have kids, buy a house in Miami, get a dog, all the things. That blueprint promised to keep me safe and promised to make me happy. So what I would say is that when that voice is coming for you, I just want you to think to the times you have listened to it in the past and it did work for you because I'm sure there has been moments and it always does. I am no longer afraid of the voice. I may fight it, like curse at it and all these things. I was a fashion and beauty editor and I was hearing that I needed to start to do readings. I mean, I was raised Catholic. I have a Cuban mother (laughs) who literally comes into my house and steals my tarot cards and replaces it with a Jesus statue. (laughs) Like I did not want to be a reader. Like I did not want to be an intuitive. So I fight it and I'll complain about it. But I had learned at some point that my life always just gets not only better, but more exciting. You know, like the blueprint is cool and it might keep you safe, but how boring, you know, like we only have this one life and there are bigger opportunities and possibilities for you than you know, your soul knows them, but your human self is like, you know, trying to keep itself safe and, you know, and controlling the path. But what if there was something like better for you? What if like making that move to Costa Rica or like whatever it is that you're calling to might be really scary, but what if there's a more expanded life for you? And I don't think the voice is going to ask you for something crazy like that. It'll start off with small things, but you'll learn to trust it because like the proof is in the pudding. You know, every time you do follow it, life feels better. You're not filling in the blanks. And remember, I'm not saying you're listening into, you're following it, which means that Mm -hmm. it's giving you one step and you're following that one step. When that voice came, it definitely was asking me for a big step, which was like, you know, you're meant to break off this wedding, but it's not usually that, you know, theatric, but those will happen every once in a while. But life is better when you follow your soul. Did you feel anything up until that point? Because I know for me, like sometimes it takes me having this feeling or thought or voice or whatever it is happen multiple times before I do the big leap. A hundred. I think so too. I think it warms you up for those big moments. And then you just know. I had one like that recently. I had to make a hard decision in my business and I was at the doctor's office. You know, I have arthritis in my knee and I was getting some like diagnosis and I just right there, I was like, oh, I have to do this thing. I had known for about a year. I actually went back and I told my therapist, I'm going to do this thing. Mm. And my therapist was like, you know, you've been talking about this all year. I was like, really? Like I was, I was like, unaware. Voice told me, yeah. But I was like, no, this voice told me. She's like, yeah. she's like, was it my voice? Because yeah. we've been talking yeah. about this for a year. Yeah. <laughs> my voice has told you every it's week me. for the last year. Yeah. She's like, I was like, no, it didn't sound like your voice, but okay. But anyways, so yeah, I agree. I agree with that, Julie. That's funny too, because I was just thinking about like, for me, a big pivotal shift in meeting my now partner was you, your voice, Nikki, of mm-hmm. you telling me like, like this person is coming in the next year. And you and I've talked about this. It's like we all need our inner medium to tell us stuff like that because it gives you hope and the optimism. And you were talking about this earlier that this is a big part of the soul is just staying like hopeful and following it that way. There was this point though, as like, obviously I had your voice in my head, but then as I was getting closer, I remember just knowing that this person was coming very soon. And I remember like hearing a friend like complain all about dating. And I'm just like, I feel at ease. Like, I feel like this person is coming. What are other ways that you can use intuition positively to, you know, help you have that positive mindset that actually makes you like a better dater because you're putting out that positivity. Julie, are you so proud of yourself? I'm so proud of you. Like, (laughs) I mean, honestly, compared to like five years ago, absolutely. Where I was just like, I did not know what to trust and what to think. Yeah. Overanalyze all that stuff. Nikki, you absolutely liberated Julie. (laughs) You did. After your conversation with her, I just felt this weight lift off of her and she was just like, let's go, (laughs) let's go. Let's see what's in store for me. It was definitely a drastic shift. 
Oh, I want to like cry. My, I have like goosebumps all over it. I just want to stop there because like that's a really big deal. And I think it's interesting how we, you know, we're doing this to find love. Of course, we're like working on ourselves to find love. But then at the end of the road, you like end up just like find yourself and you love yourself and now yeah. you trust yourself. And like that is worth all of the pain. We keep thinking it's a journey towards like our person or whatever, but it's actually like a journey back home to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is like the fact that you can trust yourself. You just know you realized your own intuition. You're not a crazy person, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like that is huge. It's such a big deal. So I'm just really happy for you. The reason maybe that reading worked, well, number one, the readings that I do, the soul readings are really about you having time with your soul. So I kind of just like held space for Julie to like really connect to the strength of her own soul. She just like clicked in and remembered basically is what I call it. It was probably like coming obviously through my words and my voice and things like that, but it wasn't so much me. It was more like probably that experience that she was having. Mm. So when she started to feel like, I just know it's coming, it's because she kind of was able to remember that vibration of her soul again, like almost like all the fake stuff, like the anxieties and the fear, that's all fake. That's not really who we are. Doesn't have like a hold on us as much anymore because we know what's real. It's like kind of knowing the difference between like a real Louis Vuitton and a fake Louis Vuitton. (laughs) (laughs) I like that anxiety and fear are the fake Louis. Yeah. (laughs) They are. Like your friends were like, here's a fake Louis, Julie. Here's a fake. And you're like, no, I've worked in like Louis Vuitton. Like I know exactly what a real Louis Vuitton is. (laughs) So that's why you were able to like say no to like those voices. They didn't have a hold on you anymore. You like knew the truth. And the way we can get there, like maybe the way that Julie did, is really to pray for truth. There's so much going on in life and there's so many different voices and the media and all that kind of stuff. Like, please show me truth. You know, like you're not alone. I think the fake voices can get us the same way like an abuser can get you. It isolates you. So when you forget that you are divine and that you have access to this divine version of yourself, you will not be as tricked because you are not isolated from the divine within you. Julie might have been isolated from the divine within her. Yeah. I talk to her. I'm my freaking divine pusher over here, you know, like selling, like going door to door salesman, trying to sell the idea. Right. And she remembered. She just remembered. So then now she is no longer alone. There will be moments of forgetting our souls. Of course, we live on earth. We have to do the earthly things. You know, it does not mean like rainbows and butterflies from here on out. Of course not. But you can start to kind of remember like that home that's within you. When you get too far away from it, you can come back. That's the first thing. Like we really have to remember that we are divine and that we have more wisdom and access than we think we do. So that is very empowering because again, dating feels very disempowering. So wherever we can get our power back is like what we want to do. Yeah. One of the ways to get our power back is to understand the answers are within me. There is wisdom within me. And I may need some help for people to, you know, help me to get back home. And that's why there are healers and grandmothers and best friends and stuff like people that help us get back home. But that's the first step to believe in that and to know that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something about putting it out into the universe, like as, you know, cliche as it sounds or cheesy. A friend of mine who's now engaged was telling me that she just had this moment that she was just like, please bring me a good guy, like someone that's not partying all the time and like, you know, someone that will be there for me. And she just had this moment. And I think, you know, what we put out there really does come back. We hear this all the time of people are just constantly complaining about dating. And that's what you start to see, all the ghosts. So yeah, it's easier said than done. But like, I think that mindset is so important if we can get there. And it's a surrender mindset, Julie, because like what your friend was like that prayer when you said it. Yeah, it sounds like she was like, dude, I'm done. Like, here's a white flag. Just bring me like, you know, and that is actually surrender. And we've been talking about this on the show today. That's definitely our theme is control and protection and all those kind of things. So, so hands it over guys. Definitely like, don't be afraid to do surrender positions. So yoga has a lot of them like happy baby. Also, if you were raised like, let's say in Christianity, prayer, just getting down on your knees, praying, Mm -hmm. let your body help you in surrendering. 
it's really about, you know, there's other ways of saying this, like we get in our own way, we're controlling, blah, blah, blah. And this is really us trying to get out of our own way and really let that soul, that divine, the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, really come online and support you on this path. So like, you don't have to handle it anymore. You can actually like move aside. And sometimes that control is like stuck in the body. So surrender positions are very helpful. I'm so glad you just said that because I think that was my problem for so long as I was so trying to control control every situation, which actually works out really well in work. This is why a lot of times people that are very successful professionally struggle in dating because you can't surrender that control. I remember there were so many times that, you know, I was trying to make something work that just couldn't work, or I was the only one putting in the effort because I didn't want to like see that this was a failure. And I do agree. It's like, how can you get to that place where you surrender that control? Because that's ultimately what's going to get you what you want in the first place. Yeah, you know, because control is, of course, like that protection. And it's like kind of that linear path to what we want. And like you said, Julia, it's working at work. Like it's working in other ways. But dating, I know it doesn't always feel like that because it sometimes feels transactional and, you know, whatever. Dating is actually like in the department of the heart and like love. Mm -hmm. And the heart doesn't have like those rules. Like there's no financial statement. There is no like, you know, (laughs) marketing statistics or whatever. Like there is none of that. You know, it's much more feminine than it is like a linear, which is more, you know, our work stuff and the masculine stuff that we can do. But this is like a place for softness and surrender and all that kind of stuff. soulmates, when we use that word soulmate, so soulmate is basically a soul that you have lived many lifetimes with and definitely in love. We are typically getting together with people that we have lived other lifetimes with. Like this is not our first rodeo together. So that is in the department of the divine. Like it's actually not in the human department. So you can't like make it happen. And I know that we try to make it happen because we're trying to feel powerful. It's actually almost like kind of like when you go to AA, they tell you, you know, your alcoholism or whatever, it's a spiritual problem. Sometimes like love is, Hmm. you know, dating is kind of that too. It's a little bit more of a, it's hard to say because, and that can feel very scary because it's like, well, there's no rules, there's no path or whatever, but it is definitely more of a spiritual challenge sometimes because you're using this like other part of yourself, which is your heart and all that. So hopefully you guys got a lot of tips today if you feel that that is your path, but I just want to encourage you. And listen, I'm sure you know many people who have made it happen for themselves and are with like the token person, but unfortunately like that is not the kind of relationship that you want. So that's why it is a little more challenging for you because you are actually looking for love, a love partnership and a soulmate. So you are going down a different path than some of your friends that are just married to that guy, you know, or married to that woman. You are doing it differently. And I applaud you for that. And I know you're going to find that. It's just that your approach is more heart-centered and it's not as linear as like people just like checking things off the list. Mm -hmm. This has been such an incredible conversation. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway that stands out for me first and foremost is I feel like we've all been using intuition wrong. Like we're all like expecting answers from intuition and (sighs) those blank spots. Like we're trying to fill the gaps opposed to lead with curiosity. And I really liked how we talked about just the different ways intuition can play in and then how you can listen to it over time. It doesn't need to be, I hear this message that I need to move across the country, so I must go tomorrow. Like You can now hone into that and say, okay, where is this coming from? What does this mean? And then start to see, do I see other reasons to follow this path? So I love this like slow and steady approach and that it doesn't need to be the be all end all right away. So that's one major takeaway I had. The other one is just how much surrendering and relinquishing control and how much, you know, we can tie everything together with ego, with protection. But sometimes when we can just let go, that's when we can actually see and have the intuition come towards us. If we're just like, filling our brain with all these other aspects, it's really hard to stay present. And like you were saying, Nikki, in the example you gave, it's when you were not necessarily at silence, but when you were in the present moment, when we have anxiety and fear taking over, we can't be in that present moment. So we can't hear what we need to hear. So that was something that really stuck out for me. But how important it is to my final takeaway of just that love is heart centered and this path that we're going on 
the shoulds are really what gets us in trouble so many times. Like I should do this. I should be with this type of person. Mm -hmm. But when you can let that go also, that's when someone that's right for you or the type of relationship that's best will kind of come to the surface. Nikki looks very proud. <laughs> I am. Thank you. I am very proud. I was like, good students, guys. Yeah. And if you're ever wondering, like, control, like, how do I do that? Really kind of just saying, you know, I'm open to whatever is best for me, what is in my highest and greatest good, and yeah. maybe releasing some of the lists and the red flags and all that and just being like, I trust that what is, like, in my highest and greatest good, like, will come to me. And that could be more of, like, the mantras you're kind of repeating to be a little bit more open that way. Yeah. The final thing I'll say is, like, we you said something that will stay with me is I'm open to being wrong. That is so huge because huge. so many times we're actually more focused on being right than actually falling in love. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway is I think our ego gets in the way of intuition. I actually think they are constantly fighting each other. Yeah. Because the ego is about proving right or wrong and intuition is guiding us towards what serves us the best. So, I, so good. We have a quote <laughs> card for that. that was, <laughs> I'm grounding all of my intuition around what is serving me in this moment. And, you know, for the longest time, I was kicking myself thinking, how did I, in my last relationship, which ended in infidelity, I just kept thinking, like, how was I so wrong about this guy? You know, I think that's kind of like the ego talking. Why was I so wrong? Why didn't I why didn't I pick up on the signs? And then I had to have a moment of compassion for myself and say, in those moments, he was right until he was not. You know, he was serving me in the best way until he wasn't. And my intuition was able to protect me and guide me out of it when the situation was no longer serving me. So I think that's also just a way to look at intuition as well. We can't say like, well, how come it didn't warn me about this person or mm -hmm. didn't steer me away from this person? We still had to be in those situations to learn and to appreciate our intuition so that we can build a stronger intuition, right, as we move forward. So I still think what has happened was meant for us. It didn't happen to us. It was meant for us. And intuition will always be there to guide us down the right path or warn us against the wrong path. Yeah, I love that because that was so beautifully said. And I think the way that I always look at it is like this block of cheese that I love is really good right now. But if I leave it in the fridge too long, it's going <laughs> right. to expire and it's going to be gross. You know, so was the cheese, <laughs> yeah, like was the cheese wrong when I bought it at the store? No, it was right <laughs> until a certain time. So we can't judge ourselves for that. And I think also sometimes this idea that our intuition is supposed to like warn us and all that stuff. We're like, you didn't tell me that, you know, this guy was like the wrong guy for me or whatever. I think that stems from us having like a misunderstanding of like what a parent is because our intuition is like the voice of the inner mother, the voice of the inner divine, God, whatever you want to call it to. It's kind of, you know, because our soul is connected to God. And I think we tend to think even, you know, in as humans that as parents, we're supposed to protect our children from every single thing. And the truth is that our role as parents are guides mm -hmm. and we want our kids to touch the hot surface so that they learn to not do it again. I can tell my kids don't touch the hot surface, but actually the real lesson is going to be when they touch the hot surface. Right. So our intuition is not here to keep us safe. Our intuition is here to support us and guide us through our growth, like you were saying. So that experience, as hard as it may have been, was I'm sure also a huge growth moment for you that brought you, and that is not because like we have a faulty intuition or even a faulty God or a faulty faulty parent, inner parent. It is really like mm -hmm. we have to redefine what inner parenting really is supposed to be. I love that. Well, Nikki, if people want to read your book and find out more about you, where can they find all that info? Oh, that would be amazing. So my book is currently on Amazon. It's called Soul Led Living. And also I am on Instagram, Nikki Novo. I'm on a bunch of podcasts. I'm, I'm about to start my podcast again. So you can just search me on anywhere you listen to podcasts. And yeah, just say hi. It would be a pleasure. And I'm just so grateful to be here with you guys again. And I'm so grateful for what you're doing for this community. And I'm so blessed to know that you are here. We are grateful for you too. And we will definitely link your book in our show notes. I read the book 10 out of 10. Honestly, it really was amazing. And I read it like within a week and just soaked it all in. So 
highly, highly recommend it for all of our listeners. And I think you took yourself on some solo dates to read the book too, right? Oh, yeah. I went to some wine bars by myself and read the book. It's the perfect master date. Perfect. Yes. Perfect (laughs) master date. Yes. Wonderful. And if you are also you know, searching Nikki's book online, you might as well just hop over to Apple Podcasts since you're already on the internet. Give us a five-star rating and review. In the body of your review, you can talk about something that you learned today about your intuition. What did you learn from this episode? Are you a feeler, a hearer, a knower, or a seer? Yes, let us know. I think I'm definitely a hearer. I'm definitely a I'm hearer. a knower. Okay, I love it. <laughs> you're a knower. I'm a hearer. It's not a Mufasa voice. It's I think it's in the voice of Carrie Bradshaw. I legit hear her telling me stuff all the time. So I think that's my superpower. Your higher self is is Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) It's not Mufasa. It's not that bad, right? Carrie Bradshaw. And if you have any other feedback or other learnings or requests for future topics, just send us an email, hello at datablepodcast.com, or you can DM us at datablepodcast on Instagram. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Stay Datable. The Datable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Datable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, Stay dateable.